Is this any kind of running order here, or is this just... Um... It depends what people want to chat about first. If you, do you want to jump into Titanfall first, or anything like that? I'm quite happy to gloat to... about Titanfall first. I really don't mind. Oh, man, do we have to? Because I haven't played it, and I can't play it yet, and I'm just going to get all sad. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Gaming Podcast. It's a podcast for the month of March. Uh, I am, of course, Steve Hill, coming to you live from the People's Republic of Korea. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what we're telling everyone from EA. Uh, joining me, as always, is Mark Boschwey. Hello, Mark. Hello, Steve. How are you? I'm fine, thank you very much. Are you over your man flu from last month? Yeah, yeah, I've just about recovered. Thanks very much. Good stuff. And also joining me is Leon. Hello, Leon. Why is it not Friday yet? <laughs> More on that. Every day's a Friday when you're a PC gamer. Uh, <laughs> there we go again. I hate you. Also joining me is the first half of the Northern Mafia, Steve Carter. Hello, Steve. Good evening. And uh, is number two, Niall Gill. Hello. Why do I have to be the sidekick? You're the Robin to my Batman. Uh, <laughs> I'm not thrilled about it. Last in. I tell you what, if we can get James on the podcast next month, then um, you won't be the butt of all jokes forever. Nice. Let's get him in. So, fellas, quick chat about Titanfall. We had the beta. Uh, did everyone get in that wanted to get in? Mm-hmm. That was pretty open by the end of it, wasn't it? So yeah, it was open to everybody in the end. I was going to say, if they turned you down, then you'd feel really rejected. <laughs> <laughs> How good would Leon be if it was like, you can't get in? No, sorry. Sorry, oh, you'd, you'd have heard it from over there. <laughs> I was scrambling for a code and then someone uh, from the forum sorted me out. So massive thanks to them. They know who they are. And I did actually offer them my fir- firstborn child. And uh, he sent me <laughs> he sent me through the code because you joked about it in the uh, off air earlier, Niall. But I did actually say to him, right, look, anyone who gives me a code, you can have my firstborn kid. Did you actually? So he sent me the code. I said, brilliant, thanks. Where do I send this boy? <laughs> He said no. You, had to you, house you're okay. for several weeks as well in his basement. He said you can you can keep both. So uh, so I was very lucky. You got a very good deal. So was everyone suitably impressed by the beta? I think it was as good as a lot of people thought it was going to be. Um, I, I don't know. A lot of people are saying it's Call of Duty with robots, but it's a lot more than that. Um, I'm just. It seems like so long ago now the beta. Actually, I mean, we're as we record this, we're two days out from the release. And some scandalous people like yourselves have already played the full game through nefarious means, which I'm not bitter about at all. Um, <laughs> well, you say nefarious. I mean, uh, it was fairly well publicised. If you're a PC gamer um, and you're sort of online regularly, you would have seen that you could actually buy Titanfall via the Mexican origin uh, for about £25, which is, you know, some 10 to £15 cheaper than what it is to buy from the UK. And as far as I can tell, you know, that's totally legal. You're not doing anything wrong. Um, you mm. did have to mess around with some proxies. Is, that, is it, is it so legal, do you think? around with a Mexican accent, then? <laughs> <laughs> Sombreros and moustaches and ponchos and what have you. Uh, exactly. And, and subsequently, the game was um, released in, in Korea, I think, uh, 24 hours ago from when we recorded this. So let's say sometime on, on a Tuesday. If you used a VPN, logged into Origin and launched the game, it would unlock and anyone who did that has now got full access to the game and it's it's fantastic I, i've really really been enjoying it and um 
I really look forward to uh, you and I catch, catching up about it, Leon, when you finally get to play it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> wow, stealth brag or what, man? Um, I think it's a grey area, isn't it? Because there are a lot of people on the forums because Xbox One digital titles, and I think all titles actually are region free on that console now. Um, so there are a lot of people changing their Xbox Live accounts to US accounts and buying US credit popping it onto an account that they've created and then purchasing the game and using it on their console to to get past the old release date um is it legal i don't know i think it's a gray area i think there's some terms and conditions in the microsoft blurb which is like you know 20 pages long which could something in there could possibly be used against you if they really wanted to um i think the more realistic thing is that you're avoiding tax and the tax man don't like that um, whether they will actually take action, I doubt it, because it's a lot of people and it's it's a lot of work to, to track people down. Um, so I think a lot of people are doing it at their own risk, and I'm struggling to not do it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out for the. I for think the, UK it's the only advantage for Xbox owners the fact that you'd get it slightly cheaper. I don't think you'd get it any earlier. Is that yeah, right? You, yeah, you get it earlier. Zone? You do, okay. Because it comes out on the US on a Tuesday, and we've got to wait till Friday. So there are people playing it now on the forums who have got US accounts, and and they've paid less for it as well. Xbox owners? Yes. Sounds like win-win to me. It is a win-win <laughs> situation, although part of me is, like, super safe. So one day... I mean, I'm sure Microsoft wouldn't do it, because it would be the worst PR disaster of all time um, for them to go, by the way, we've locked down all the US contents, all you people who bought it, you don't have it anymore. Um, I think that would be a nightmare, but... That, that yeah, they've, they've, they've never done anything like that before. Um, I don't, I don't think they have. <laughs> um, I don't think they have, but I, I just don't want to take the risk. Um, I'll, I'm happy to wait the three days, even though this is the dark, the dark period, the three days when it's out in another country. And all it, they've updated the Twitch app as well, so that all I can see is Titanfall streams everywhere. All I can see is Titanfall content on every website, and I can't play it. So. Yes. Well, look, all, all, all bragging aside, I mean, I, I won't go into massive details because I've only played the game a little bit, but it, it really does look uh, fantastic. I wasn't convinced by the beta. There was something a bit lacking about it, but all the all the high-res textures seem to be there and the sound's fantastic. And I tell you what, it's a beefy, beefy uh, download. I think it's something like a 20, 25 gig download, and then it installs at about 48 gig. Haven't they said that most of that's the audio, though? Yeah, it's languages. I, it's um, it's foreign language. those Mexican languages have put in. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should do. All the people who download it from like weird marketplaces, the language is stuck in whatever marketplace it is. <laughs> you can't change it. So you, everything is in Mexican. Well, um, there's been a few people that have had their fingers burnt on the forum by buying uh, Russian keys for games, only to discover that it's not the uh, the English version that they're installing. But anyway, a that, few that, people. A friend is this Steve? <laughs> no, no, no. I've, ne- I've never had my fingers burnt. I don't play it? enough games to, uh, to to get my fingers burnt. So, I'm intrigued. I mean, you said you weren't convinced by the beta, and then Niall said earlier off air that he's not going to buy it, which is no. probably probably the one and only person who I've heard say that. I mean, people on the internet have said it, but you're the first person I've actually spoken to who has been put off by the beta. Why is that? Um, I I just didn't. I expected a bit more, like you said earlier, that it's a lot more than Call of Duty. But as I played it, I kind of felt like I was just playing Call of Duty, and it's not what I was after. I was after something to get me really involved again. And I remember the first night I played it. I played it for about six hours nonstop. I absolutely loved it. 
And then the next day I played it and I thought, yeah, it's all right. And then the next day I played it, I just couldn't even pick it up anymore. It was just, it just bored me. Um, Two maps over and over is probably not the uh, the best way to. Um... By the looks of it, there's not a huge amount of content added on in the actual full game as well. There's only, a, I mean, there is obviously quite a lot more, but compared to what I expected, it's not a huge amount. But I don't know. It's just it's it's not what I'm after. I think I've gone through playing all those Call of Duties and been burned so many times playing the exact same game and thinking, why did I spend forty quid on this? And I don't really fancy doing it with Titanfall. I had the opportunity to play it for free, in a sense, and I wasn't that impressed. So I guess I'm just saving myself money and stopping myself from being disappointed where I could have been disappointed. I'd rather have that sort of um, that sort of slow, methodical kind of FPS, something like Red Orchestra. I really enjoy them a lot more than I do these sort of fast-paced FPSs. And you know what really wound me up about Titanfall, actually? The fact that jump kicks are instant kills. I could have punched the screen every time I got killed by a jump kick. I, I think the, the the big conversation I, I want to have about that game, and I think we should we're probably better off having it next episode when we've all played it properly and yada yada yada. I I think I'm coming round to the bots. Before in the beta, I was really dead against it, and I think in a way I still am. I hate the idea of being able to go around a corner and there'd just be six of them all sort of stood facing a wall just waiting to be blown away. Um, but I think in the actual game, the dynamic seems to be a little bit better. They le- seem to perform a little bit better and you kind of can understand the logic of why they're in there. Yeah, from what I played, I think they have different uses for different people. I mean, I remember speaking to Mark when we were playing the beta and he was really enjoying the bots because perhaps it's not the best person at shooters and it's good to feel involved and that you can actually, you just actually get towards getting your titan killing those bots. Or granted, it's not as much as killing a real player, but you do actually get rewards for doing it. Um, it fills out the world, so it feels like there's more going on. But for more experienced players, for me, it's like when I play Call of Duty now, I mean, the later ones have got quite good at it because stuff in the level will move, but if you're playing something like COD 4, basically your your eyes are just trained to see anything that moves. And anything that moves, you shoot at it. Because if it's moving, it's probably a player that you can kill. Whereas now, you, you get distracted by bots. You'll shoot somebody, I'll be sitting on top of a building, snipe somebody, and oh, I've just killed a bot. And you start to get attuned to what real players look like and how they move, but there is a lot of distractions, which kind of helps out the, the less experienced players as well, because they aren't just being killed constantly. There is you know, this kind of, not fog of war, but um, more of a chance for them to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, no, I, t- I, I totally agree. Uh, that that was the, the dynamic I was kind of alluding to, the idea that you could potentially be in this intense firefight and be sizing up who your priority targets are and you know w- w- which way you want to try and tackle the situation. Um, I think they could be onto something. It's interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing up here so I can go and have a game or two. <laughs> Again with the stealth brag. <laughs> So anyway, Titan Falls out next month. Leon, you're going to be doing a review for the site. Uh, there is an article that you wrote already based on the beta, which has um, garnered some interest. There's been one or two comments. Uh, just a couple. Did you say, <laughs> just a couple. Did you say out next month? Oh, the review will be out um, oh, right. in the next few days. It'll be on the podcast next month. Whoa, whoa, review will be out in the next few days. <laughs> no pressure <laughs> no, it, it probably won't be long to be fair um, 
I'm, I'm pretty fast at shooters and this is only online so it's great it's not like I have to bust through an eight hour campaign which is normally not a problem for me but I don't even have that so it shouldn't be too long uh, Irrational Games of Bioshock Infinite fame uh, sadly seems to have closed its doors Mark have you got the uh, the story on this one? Yeah yeah um, Ken Levine has, has revealed that they're winding down um, it's it's Obviously, seems a bit odd given the fact that Bioshock Infinite got so many Game of the Year, you know, accolades and the like, and it was a you know huge series, and and people just assume they go from strength to strength. But um, he seems to be intent on taking the a, a few uh, of the staff with him. I think they're saying all but fifteen of the staff are going to be kind of moved on to other things or laid off, and he's going to head up a smaller development team, um, still with Take Two, and. He said he's going to look at narrative-driven uh, for core gamers. But the the thing that was quite interesting was he said narrative-driven for core gamers, but then he said uh, uh, games that are highly replayable. And it's just something that I suppose I don't tend to associate with the, you know, can, yeah, w- with, you know, what you've got with, say, something like Bioshock, which is perhaps the, you know, the purest example of what he's created, which is it's, it is narrative-driven, but how do you create something that is going to be so highly replayable? Um I yeah I think perhaps also Take Two would have looked for more um, you know in terms of the fact that it was one game in like five years so you know that has to be just such a, a monumental smash hit even above you know garnering awards and the like it's got to be you know a runaway success so it does seem like it's it's falling in line with the standard you know trials and tribulations of AAA game development much as with uh, Tomb Raider you know selling millions but still perhaps falling short of targets. So how did it happen, do we think? I mean, because obviously the game was a success. Are you saying that it was just such an expensive thing to, to get out there? Or do you think it was just poor management? You know, how, how does something like this happen on that scale? I don't think you can ever know. I mean, you, you don't know what the kind of balance sheet is for this kind of thing you don't know whether they you know made a, a a decent profit but perhaps not what they were expecting or whether it's simply the fact that it, it comes from you know the fact that Ken Levine is the kind of main man there and if he decides that he'd rather move to a smaller development team I mean take two will still obviously keep you know Bioshock IP so that could still trundle on but you know you, you can see where say something like Bioshock they could be making more with you know if they had planned DLC a lot more ready to roll out you know that there's so much more to be done with that than a game every five years i mean i don't blame the guy i mean how long has he been doing bioshock for now it's it's a long time this is this is the problem with like these big names making these big games what what are they meant to do just because they've got 200 people underneath them so tied into this franchise do they basically consign themselves to making the same thing forever um, or are they allowed to say, listen, guys, uh, I can't make my entire life about Bioshock. I kind of want to go and do something else. And then Take-Two went, but if you leave, then your name is essentially the studio, so the whole thing falls apart without you, so we're just going to shutter it. Um, and then they they convinced him to stay, but in a reduced capacity. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, it's like when Cliffy B left Epic. Is that the end of Gears of War, or should Cliffy B make, Ep- make Gears of War till the end of time? Um, I, I don't think you can lay it at his feet and say he he is responsible for all of these people's jobs. As sad as it is, people can't be asked to do the same thing for the rest of their lives. I, I wondered whether, say, seeing the su- success of something like Gone Home perhaps resonated with him. You know, uh, 
ex-irrational devs going off and making something like that, you know, and proving that you can have such a small team but make something that, you know, garners such wide attention and, and critical acclaim and ultimately it seems sales. And it didn't take them five years. No, exactly. You know, how hard must it be to, to work on something day in, day out for five years just to just to see it at the end and then, you know, it has such high expectations. I mean, God knows, unless you're GTA at this point, where you can just write a blank check of how much money you want to make a game, then you're going to fall into the Tomb Raider trap of it was super successful, but you needed to make so much money to make it worth it. Places like game studios, to me, they should be pro- project-driven companies. So when you've got something big on, you just contract in all these freelance guys get the job done and then once once it's done you know you scale back down again and, and look at your next project you see what I mean rather than having all of these employees all these people relying on you it seems crazy I, I think I even read in James article that uh, people were speculating they were spending like a million dollars a month to keep all that stuff running and that just seems crazy to me you're never going to get a return on that but the trouble is that you chase it further and further you know so it, it, it got to the point where i mean with something like bioshock infinite if it didn't sell massively and if if it wasn't gaining huge critical acclaim it would have seemed like a failure like you know a few kind of eight out of ten reviews would have seemed like you know what you know all this time you know and so every time that that kind of gets bumped a little bit further down the road the expectations get higher and higher and higher and so, you know, you can understand how someone, say, at the peak of that would want to take a step back. I'm quite happy that they didn't turn into, like, um, annual releases. I'm quite happy that they thought, this is all we can do, let's pull the plug. I'm quite happy they didn't pull an Assassin's Creed and think, let's just make it every year and make as much money as we can. I don't want that, yeah. Like, But there's extremes here. There's I don't want it annualised, but I don't want them never to make one again. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> safely, uh, safely say, mate, you will, you will see another Bioshock game. Yeah, but is, uh, is a Ken uh, without Ken Levine Bioshock a Bioshock game? Is that is that a thing? I mean, look, I I think if you're some kind of visionary, creative director uh, in the games industry, you know, why, why again, I, I make the uh, comparison to the film film industry. Why can't another creative director come in and take that series to the next level? You come back to almost like the the kind of Star Wars conundrum. Exactly, exactly. You know, you have, I think all of us would probably say, look, you know, if Star Wars is going to come back, J.J. Abrams is uh, is a great person to have a crack at, at that. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of other people that can follow in Ken Levine's footsteps. I'm sure there are plenty of people already out there that, that can do it. So, um, Well, he's created a rich enough world, a rich enough universe anyway. You would think there'd be people out there who could run with that. Batman is coming back. Arkham Knight. Steve, should... I'd be excited, <laughs> or um, is this just going to be another uh, step down the the uh, the chain of um, quality as uh, the last game proved? Uh, you should be excited, yeah, because uh, it's actually Rocksteady that are back on development duties for this one. The last one wasn't actually produced by Rocksteady. They kind of let somebody else do the duties. I can't remember who it was, but I think they've kind of acknowledged that they weren't happy with how that was well received and how how they took that game. Um, the last, the last two Arkham Asylum and Arkham, uh, Arkham City were fantastic games. I mean, anyone who was, you know, loves the Batman universe, loves open world uh, adventure games, anything like that. It's, it was just fantastic, and to actually get Gotham in a, like a more broad and in depth world 
it's going to be fantastic. I mean, they've said already that you can you can drive the Batmobile. It's going to be things in about four or five separate segments. Um, you know, open four or five separate open segments for you to just go out and explore. Um, the, apparently, with no loading in between. Apparently, it's just going to be you go to one, you're straight there. You don't have to wait behind any loading screens whatsoever. Um, it's there instantly. I mean, we'll see how that works, but they've they've already said that they're not trying to make the biggest open world game out there. They're just trying to make the best open world experience that they possibly can. Um, and I think it's just going to be fantastic. I mean, I think it's it's you know slated for the end of this year. Um, and if it if it comes out before Christmas, I think it'll just depending on what else comes out at that time. I think it'll just blow everything away. I mean, it's got the potential to be huge. You I mean anyone that played on even a PC or a PS3 or 360 will have known how good Arkham City looked and Arkham Asylum looked, and to think that that could be improved, you know, by two or three times with the power of the PS4 or Xbox One, it it should be amazing. That scene from uh, I think the the original Arkham Asylum when you're um, uh, you, you go into the the morgue, is it? Spoilers, I guess. Um, I think we're the, safe the with this one. With, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been enough time. Uh, the scene with Scarecrow, man, that was uh, that really knocked me for six when I I played that. It was really mind blowingly good. Yeah, so good. I mean, I'm, I'm I don't think they've come out yet and said which villains are going to be the the main ones. Obviously, they want to keep that under wraps. I think there's been a few um, suggestions. About they showed they showed Penguin, didn't they? Yeah, in the Peng- trailer. Yeah, Penguin's there, but I think he's he's, he's obviously going to be one of many. Um, yeah, you but, never really know what they're going to do with it, how big they're going to feature or not, and I, I think that's one of the strongest things about the series for sure. Yeah, I mean the the only fear is that they'll they'll try and put too many in and probably you don't build a few sort of uh, token appearances. But I think if they have one underlying plot line like they did with the Joker and the other villains, are, I mean the, obviously the Joker's probably not going to come back. But if they have like a sort of plot line with that sort of you know spanning the sort of entire game with other villains helping him and trying to take over um uh yeah Gotham that's the one uh trying to take over Gotham then I think it's <laughs> going to be uh, um then I think it should work I mean I didn't have any problems with Arkham City or Asylum really so it'd just be interesting to see what new gadgets they can include um they're going all in with the Batmobile aren't they yeah I mean that's that's the big one yeah, they've said they're they're widening the streets or whatever, so it, you know it makes it more logical to to navigate with the Batmobile. But the trailer did look very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the only worry is the the inclusion either not enough or too much of the Batmobile and how it handles and how it drives and what you can do inside it. But I think it, um, you know, I think it'd be awesome if you could play a mission and it's you know completely open ended and you have to escape and you can just press a button and call the Batmobile and it or what have you. I think it should should be fantastic. When's it land? Uh, it's the end of this year, I think. It's supposed to be the, as October. long as it doesn't get delayed. Yeah, yeah, October fourteenth for the US. Okay, one to one to look out for. Uh, another big game we're looking forward to is Watch Dogs. Uh, now, there's been some controversy in the last uh, few weeks regarding this game. Mm. Uh, graphics possibly being um, underpowered. It, is this the case, or is it internet? Um, the internet hate machine. Internet hate machine rolling into uh, action. <laughs> well, um, there was a new gameplay trailer. I think it was a few days ago now, and it looks quite a bit different to the original release trailer. Um, to be honest with you, I haven't really been following the story that ex- extensively, 
Um, I kind of fell off the hype train a while ago after I didn't wasn't really that impressed. Why was around. that? Because it, it got delayed. You were excited about it originally, then. No? I was. I was um, a bit giddy about it, and then Grand Theft Auto came out, and I didn't really enjoy it. And I sort of thought, I don't really want another open world game anymore. I've had my fill, and I didn't like it. To be fair, at the minute, I'm not really... I sound like I don't like anything, do it's I? It's quite cynical at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, yeah it is grumpy. Do you want to just give Steve your PC? I can't do that. It's my, it's my child. Mate, I nearly swapped mine for a Titanfall <laughs> beta code, so... <laughs> Microsoft might still call that in. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, Watch Dogs. Um, yeah, this, this trailer looked a bit less... In terms of graphical fidelity, anyway, it looked a lot less um, less impressive, let's say. And obviously everybody jumped onto this and there was like numerous videos comparing the launch trailer to this new gameplay trailer. And I I think um, Ubisoft's reaction is that there is no um, there is no change in the graphics or anything like that. It was um, I think the gameplay trailer was from a PS4 and what Ubisoft... I'm not sure if this is what Ubisoft said because my memory is failing me big time here. But I think the launch one was on a PC. So I think that's where the... Um, Differences are coming up, obviously. PCs are going to look a little bit better than a PS4. And I think that's what the difference was. But um, I, I, I don't see why graphics is that big of a deal to me. If it's a good game, it's a good game. If it if it looks a bit less good as it did a few months ago, where's the... Um, Where's the big deal about it? I mean, well, I think I think the big thing is if you make the jump to a PC from a console, um, and if you have done recently because of the whole next gen thing, you know you, you're you're making that move because you want the superior graphics. You know, so oh, yeah. the the fact that it's not there is a bit disappointing if that's the case. But you know, I'm, I'm sure um, I'm sure the final product will look fantastic. And you know what? I'm sure all kinds of companies do a bit of sharpening and you know a bit of color grading on on clips to uh to to make them look the business before they push them out was it with the with the game demos live do you remember that they they showed i just think it was a uh, i think this one that came out now was just a trailer on their youtube account or maybe their website or something like that so i don't think it was and the, and, and the one back at e3 was that i think that was live, live yeah if I, remember, if I remember rightly that was live okay well one to look forward to and, and when's it due is it's finally gonna hit the shops in, uh, sometime uh, soon in May, I think. Yep, May twenty seventh, and that was after being delayed. It was originally due. It was really with the release launch, of uh, yeah. the release, yeah. yeah, yeah. Back at the time of next gen launch, and it was, you know, you know, I, I really hope it's a good game. Really do hope they. Uh... You've played it already. You know it's a good game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically all the mechanics from Far Cry Three, Assassin's Creed. Um, I don't know every Ubisoft game, which is basically climb a tower. Unlock a part of the map. As Destroy you can something. tell, Leon's a big fan of Ubisoft games. Do you know what? I love it. Hey, man, I, I'll play that over and over again. But they, they literally just put the same systems in all of their oh, games. Oh, definitely. There was a yeah. rumour that they'd, um, they'd canned Watch Dogs just to call it the new Assassin's Creed. But I think what they'd actually done was just change the name. So it's now Watch underscore Dogs. Is that right? It was always that, wasn't it? it? No, it was changed. I can't remember where they got in trouble about it, though. They were they it, were in trouble was, about something. It, it was changed for something, was it? Mm, yeah, there was a definite reason behind it. I can't remember if it was something. Esther Ranson maybe caught wind of it and thought. <laughs> 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 I don't remember why, but I know for a fact there was some some issue that made them have to change it. 
just can't remember what it was. My memory is terrible today. So you, the you underscore makes a whole lot of difference. Sign off for the night now. Have a little sleepy. You can't remember. I might just turn the microphone off, have a little bit of a cry, and I'll be back in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Esther Ranson is an unlockable character. Uh, South Park Stick of Truth finally came out uh, this past week uh, after some delays. Now it's got a bit of controversy surrounding it already, mm. um, but you've also reviewed it for the site. I um, have. Tell us your thoughts and uh, and fill us in on what um, what it's been making headlines for. Um, well, the controversy is <laughs> it sounds it's all it's South Park, so there's obviously going to be controversy. But the controversy is that there is numerous scenes of anal probing, and there is a couple of scenes including abortions. One in particular where you perform an abortion on Randy Marsh. So uh, yeah, so. It, you can tell that they put it, especially in the abortion scenes, you can tell that they're put in just to rile up that controversy because they are ridiculous. You've never seen anything like it. I mean, it's not really much for a spoiler, but when you uh, are performing the abortion on Randy, you can accidentally suck his balls up into the <laughs> tube. Jesus. So, <laughs> so it's, it's done in the most disgusting graphic way possible, and you can tell that they knew for a fact they were going to be in trouble about it, and they just don't care. And it's, it's quite commendable that they don't, it's just that the subject matter is a bit, is a bit gruesome. Because they took it out themselves, didn't they, the, the scenes in the end? I, th- I can't. I think they're just replaced by. If you remember the episode where Muhammad was involved and he was replaced by a big black box that said "censored," I think they did the same thing there. Yeah, they put the EU flag in, didn't they? <laughs> like, <laughs> isn't it like a big EU flag with some message or something? I can't remember. It's been a while, but no, yeah, they are really quite graphic scenes, and I'm not. It's not really. I wouldn't call them censorship worthy. I've seen worse things in video games, but um, it's South Park in it, so they had to have a bit of controversy. Yeah, I was going to say basically what you're saying is it's South Park. Yeah, they they they've done worse. They've done yeah, a lot worse. Exactly. I, I think that surprises me. They 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 do this stuff and get away with this stuff on television. Yeah, I guess it's the fact that you can play it though, isn't it? That's the yeah. I guess that's so, the sticking yeah, point. I guess so. Why though? Why are we still on this? Why is it still because you're pushing a stick or pressing A? Because it makes you go out and do it in real yeah, life, Leon. Knows that's if why. You do it in a game. If you kill somebody in a game, you go out and do it on the streets. Yeah, duh. So what? You after this, you've got the urge to go and anal probe people yeah. on the street, have you? I'll be going outside and probing somebody left, right, and centre. <laughs> this, this is, what, this is why Niall's so depressed. This is why I'm so distracted. What do you think I'm doing? He's probing somebody right now. Maybe you need an anal probing. <laughs> is, that, is that an offer? But yeah, anyway, in um, in terms of the game, it'd make a really good series of South Park, but the game isn't anything to really get too excited about. It's, it's a pretty standard role-playing game. The combat's a bit weak, but the fact that it is South Park and the fact that it's so funny saves it. What's, what's the gameplay? Explain the. the, the so the it's gameplay. a standard like turn-based RPG, but instead of just like pressing a button to attack and then you watch your character do it, you actually have to click along with the attack. So right. let's say you press attack with butters or something, his hammer will shine, and you right-click and that does the attack. And when you're blocking attacks, a little indicator will go down at a character's feet, and you have to right-click to block. And it tries to keep you involved by doing that, but instead, all you end up watching is people's feet. Because you're looking for these indicators instead of actually watching the combat. Right. So something funny could be happening. You just have no idea because you're not watching it. 
Because yeah. you, you can't watch it because it gives you a disadvantage if you do. You're not really selling it to me, mate. It's good, honestly. If you if you like South Park in any way, you will love the game. The fact that it's not a good game doesn't let it down as bad as it probably <laughs> should. It's just it is South Park through and through, and it's hilarious. It is it's everything you could want from a South Park game, except that it's not that good of a game. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just like openly explore it as well, like the the, the town? Can't you just like the walk town, around? Yeah, it's 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 not as a huge map or anything, but it is it is open for exploration. I think the, the fact is that it's just packed, isn't it? I mean, like, you'll go in and open a cupboard and it'll just be, like, 14 references to different South Park episodes. So I think it, within the like within the first 10 minutes, you're in uh, Cartman's house and um, if you go into his mum's room, you find all sorts of drugs paraphernalia and a dildos. lot of sex toys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just little things like that, these little references that if you've... If you've watched all the series that you'll get immediately, it's just those things that make it worth playing because it is so funny. And even there's like a little Facebook feature as well, and people write on your wall, and that is hilarious. It's just some of the funniest moments come outside of the actual sort of cutscenes and outside of the game. It's just these little tiny references, all these little quotes that people say. It is it is worth playing. I'm not I've I've hit it a little bit hard here, but it's it, it is, is worth playing. Is this how we we need to see? Uh, funny games now they need to be tied in with something that is like a, a TV show or you know has some kind of world outside of video games or or can can we get something original that would make people laugh in the same way that, that something like this game does I don't know Monkey if you played um, no yeah I was just about to say Double Fine I don't know if you played uh, Broken Age but that was that was quite funny in places I wouldn't say it's as funny as South Park but it was it had its moments it's dangerous though if you look at the Family Guy game that launched last year. Ooh. That was an absolute terrible game. That was just awful. That was the worst thing ever. Yeah, I think I think there's there's scope for it to expand like South Park has, but I think like they need to be careful how they approach it. But that's yeah, I, mean, I was going to say this is not the first South Park game that we've ever had. They've so. all been the last one I played was like on the PlayStation One. Right. That was. Then they they had that tower defense game as well. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think about games being funny all the time, to be honest, because I, I always think the same. We've got so many different types of games, and being funny in a game is just so hard. I think like comic timing is like really hard to do. Um, South Park leans on its license. I think I often laugh at games. I like Fifty Cent Blood in the Sand is a <laughs> funny game <laughs> because it's just stupid. <laughs> like it's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, like, but give... let me jump in there. One of the best co-op experiences I think you can ever have. Oh, it's amazing! <laughs> Just the dialogue between like the G unit, like Who? I read books fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, the, uh, like, what? Who's the co-op player in it? Who do you play as? Uh, part of the G unit, you can play as Tony Yayo. Oh, um, my favourite part of the G unit, Lloyd Banks. <laughs> uh, oh, what's the other guy's name? It's a ridiculous name. I can't remember what it is though. That ridiculous, um, I can't remember. It is. It, it's pretty bad, um, but no, it's it's just funny. Like the dog. I honestly think that developer was like riding the line of taking the piss out of Fifty Cent and the G Unit <laughs> and showing them the game, going, "Yeah, look, this is seriously a good game." <laughs> just, and just laughing under their breath at it. Um, so there's that type of funny. But then you've got stuff like Portal Two, or Portal, in fact, mm. where that is genuinely funny dialogue. A lot of the stuff, especially Two, with like um, Two, yeah. Uh, what's Spider-Man boss guy's name? No, the guy who plays the boss. He plays the the boss in Spider-Man as well. He's the head of the paper. 
What's his name? Come on, the other movies guy. We took Jesus. I so you know, this is our weekly uh, weekly jump to Wikipedia. Yeah, so you know you got Spider Man and he's got his boss of the is it the Daily Planet and Spider Man? Oh man, this is awful. There was Sorry. Bugle in it. Daily Blue Bugle, yeah. What's what's the what's the, the boss man's name in that? Oh god. Just <laughs> creeping the barrel here tonight. Sorry. Why do I do this every single episode? And I've got a picture of him. Yeah, he's got that monster. Fantastic. Describing. A podcast version of Guess Who. He's got. He's middle aged and got brown hair. Does he have a beard? Has he got a mustache? J.K. Simmons is his name. That doesn't help me in the slightest. Let's Google J.K. Simmons. Simmons with a double M. We're gonna be here all night. No, we're not. I'm. I'm nearly done. Sorry. Here we go, J.K. Simmons. Jonathan Kimball means absolutely nothing to me. No. So that was really useful. Um, <laughs> but he's Insightful. the voice. He's the voice of uh, the guy Jonathan in Ball Kimball, 2. Jonathan Kimball, wasn't it? Wasn't he the dude in Kindergarten Cop? Uh, but you're he's... talking about uh, Cave Johnson, aren't you? Uh, hold on. Cave Johnson, yes! There Thank we you. go. Oh. I, said that, I said that a good two minutes ago. <laughs> Did you? Sorry, yeah. wasn't wasn't listening at all. Um, yes, Cave Johnson. His dialogue is funny. Yeah. That's the entire point. The end. Brilliant. The end. There you go. Same time next week, folks. Uh, but no, you can do funny in video games. Like Portal Two is funny. Saints Row. Did anyone find Saints Row funny? Oh, that was oh, you brilliant. Know what Saints Row is funny. Yeah. That was brilliant. That was just ridiculous. That was just because it was so ridiculous that it was funny. Dildos in video games. Well, yeah, just going down to whacking random people on the back of the head with a giant dildo. It's not, it don't get better than that. Oh, that dubstep gun. You know that guy. That yeah. uh, what? Saints Row the Third. That guy with the um, the synth voice. I can't remember his name. That uh, oh, pimp. the pimp with yeah. the pimp. Yeah, his voice was hilarious. Yeah. That was brilliant. Saints Row was good. That's that's a unique one of being funny through gameplay, like just running through, you know, diving off the top of your building, being completely naked, landing without taking any damage, doing DDTs and wrestling moves to people on the streets. <laughs> um, you know, that's that's just funny <laughs> gameplay. The taunts were good in that as well. Yeah, and some of the missions as well, like the um, Decker's Die mission, where you played as a toilet yeah. <laughs> in a vir- in a virtual <laughs> reality world. Um, and they had some good dialogue. Yeah, Saints Row is funny, so games can do it. Oh wait, do t- you know what? I totally forgot to tell you guys. I bought a Vita. Give oh, over, really? Yeah, welcome to the club. <laughs> I'm really impressed. Eh? It's a great little, uh, fantastic, isn't it? Why? Did you get the new one or the older one? I actually got the older one because yeah, I, sp- I specifically wanted this OLED screen, and uh, and 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 the screen is really nice. And I thought, to be honest, it's it's so light anyway that I don't think I'd miss too much about the slim version. Battery life aside, I suppose the extra couple of hours will probably come in useful if you're travelling. But other than that, I think um, I, I'm happy with it. Uh, I've only got a couple of games so far, Terraria and um, uh, I don't even know. Mark, how do you say it? This uh, this this shooter, this T T X T X K, is that it? I've, honestly, I've never heard of it. T X K, Steve. Are these the only I, ones in I... Korea? These. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you've uh, you've not heard of it, Mark. It's a really really cool shooter, thumping sort of house dance soundtrack. 
uh, I, I was actually chatting to one of the other moderators on the site, uh, Rotten Fox. Hello, Scott. And uh, and he was saying, yep, TXK in bed on my Vita, headphones on. That is gaming heaven. And you know what? That's what sold me on a on a Vita. And um, and he's absolutely right. It's a great little device. Who was it who reviewed some weird ass Japanese thing this what? week? Dangan Ronpa trigger happy havoc. You sound really excited. I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> yeah. it was you. Let him talk about it quick. <laughs> go on, Mark's Japan. Five minutes. Go. It, it, it's fantastic. It's a visual novel. It's it's kind of it's got uh, themes of like battle royale. It's a series of uh, high school students trapped in a in a school. Uh, Why is it o- always high school students? Is it Persona? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, 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 it isn't because well, actually it's got a bear in it, so yeah, it is a little bit like that. <laughs> but this is this is That's a demonic bear, and they're and they're forced to. The only way to graduate is by killing someone, and it, it's a little bit like Phoenix Wright in the that you get the the trial section at the end of it and then investigation. But it's a little bit of a relationship sim as well. So you've got to you know collect tokens and buy people gifts and stuff like that but it, it's absolutely barking mad and i love it relationships sim i've just what did, i've just looked only at in the review. sense <laughs> the first picture is just a massive guy with long gray hair and massive arms that's actually a girl what <laughs> that's a guy <laughs> if i've ever seen one has, has he only got one eye and lots of scars on his face he's got a lot of scars everywhere it looks like he's just had a, he's had a yep. fight with a knife and Yep, that's Sakura. That's uh, the world's ultimate martial artist. Um, she's not a feminine figure, but um, she's interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing she doesn't do too well in the whole relationship side of things, being with the whole. She just crush people with the massive biceps. By the it look, it depends of it. how well you chat her up. I think. Yeah, exactly. You've got to give the right gifts. I gave one girl a, a bra, and that apparently is a, is a big no-no. Nice <laughs> I have just actually, I've just literally looked at the next picture, and it's a hand bra. <laughs> Yeah, well, I figured, what the hell? I'd take a shot. It's better or worse than... What was that other Japanese game where you had to leer on women in bars and try not to get caught? Oh, Killer is Dead. That's the With the, the gigolo mode. That's yeah, it, there we go. It, it is... Uh, no, 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 that that was far pervier than this. I mean, <laughs> and I mean that in a positive way. I was going to say, still worth a look? Oh, yeah, Definitely. Definitely. You, you sound a little bit too excited about these. <laughs> this just looks so crazy that I'm actually going to have to play it. This looks even crazier than the Curry God the other minute. This no, is. you've got to stay. If you're after crazy, please play Killer is Dead. It is, it is so incredibly barking mad. It's got kind of. It tries to be a, like a noir film in places, but it, it's got lines about <laughs> soft boiled eggs and stuff like that. It's just absolutely out there. Anyway, so I'm a, I, I am a member of the the Vita Club in preparation for me picking up a uh, a PS4 this year. I'm not sure I'm going to get around to playing all the bonkers games that you do, Mark, but um, I'm certainly enjoying it. I'm looking forward to Minecraft. What? Welcome I'm looking to forward two to Minecraft. <laughs> Hear me out. Welcome if to 2012. I know, really, I know. I didn't really play it on anything else, and the idea of being able to play it on the Vita is, I think, that's going to be the place where I get my Minecraft experience. So why? hopefully it's not a... Uh, why why not is a, the Vita the platform that produces I don't know, I just, I just like the idea, because it's there, I can leave it in a toilet or something, you know, if I'm taking a dump, it'll get out. <laughs> well, it's not a toilet book. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, this is the, the 21st century and wherever you can get your entertainment, so be it. 
Steve, you reviewed Thief 4, which came out this month. Um, reboot of the old classic game. I didn't play the uh, the originals back in the day. I guess they were a little bit before your time. Am, am I being unfair? No, no, definitely not. Um, this is something that I picked up on in the review. It's, um, it's a game that's probably going to divide a lot of opinions between people like myself and possibly Niall, who are younger and coming to the series at this point as opposed to from playing the old ones um, a lot of the opinions and reviews I've seen elsewhere on the internet and on YouTube and what have you have been been harsh on it saying that it's nothing like the old game but it's like you said it's a reboot rather than a remake it's it's an attempt to make an old series did anyone, anyone else play it back in the day Mark I'm, I'm looking at you Leon not really your thing is it i'm not really stealth <laughs> and uh, and this is about as stealth as it gets yeah i mean this is this this is a, a proper stealth game i mean you know i like i said i can't really comment on the original games but by all accounts that it was you know these are proper stealth games and this this still is i mean it's an it's an amazing stealth game um it works brilliantly you know you're sneaking through shadows scuttling across rooftops and hiding in cupboards and, you know, ducking in and out of shadow to extinguishing candles and fire pits to sneak past. Uh, to that extent it's it's a brilliant it's a brilliant little game. It's wholly stealth. You can't you can try and take people head on but you're you know, you're underpowered because you're basically just a thief and you're attempting to be light footed. You don't have a massive arsenal of uh, weapons or means of defending yourself. So if you decide yeah. You're gonna because uh... I think a, a lot of people have labelled it uh, brutally difficult because of that, but in reality, that they're just playing it wrong. Yeah, I mean, that'd be fair. It is hard in places, and this is where the the strategy comes into it, and where the most of the entertainment comes. You know, you're presented with um, like a, a mission, and you have to get in to do complete your objective in whichever way you can. And there's gonna be there's like different paths you can take, you know, crawl through vents, go through an open window or just go through the front door. And whichever way where you decide to go, there will be two or three guards all looking in a similar direction, which will mean you will get detected. Um, and you do have tools to distract them to get past. So like I said, you can extinguish lights with water arrows, you can throw glass bottles to make a noise, like a, an audio distraction. And um, it is... It is hard in places, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, sometimes you will alert them, but you can get away as long as you have a sort of backup plan. You know, if sort of the shit hits the fan, you you know where you're going. But that that to me is is a bit adds to the the effect of the game because you are mimicking. You know, you are a thief. You are trying to sneak past people, and you're not just going to walk straight past them. You know, it's not a, meant to be easy. It's meant to challenge you, and that's that's where the the most entertainment came from me because. Other outside of that, you know, it's it's you could label it as quite a weak game. The the sort of dialogue isn't you know first grade. You know, it's not a brilliantly written game. Um, Someone said to me that the lip sync is horrendous. Yeah, it is the the um, the yeah. I said the lip sync is horrendous. The the conversation that the NPCs have with themselves, it just overrides. You know, they'll be talking over one another and it's just out of sync. You know, the one will be saying something. And the next reply will be from a completely different conversation altogether. It's just on a constant loop as well. The it's it's not been thought out well at all. But it's a shame because that's such a huge part 
for for a game like this to really create its world, you know, the atmosphere has got to be right, and yeah. you know, for something as little as that to um, to to break it is it, a shame, I think. Yeah, because like you said, it, it adds to the world because there are moments in there where if you actually you know sort of sit on a rooftop and listen to guards talking or you know NPCs talking, you can actually harbour some useful information. You know, they'll talk about some sort of treasure or hidden item that you can then go and find within the mission that you wouldn't have found out about if you hadn't have been listening to that conversation at that time. So it's something like that that's really nice, but it's not done enough, and the dialogue outside of those situations is just is just terrible. Um, whether that's down to the, you know, the transfer from PS3 to PS4 to PC or what have you, you know, the different, the different um, formats, and it was actually delayed, whether it's because of that or not, it's you know who knows but it's still a decent little game you know it's with the stealth mechanics and the sneaking about and the strategy towards it it's still a good game um to me i found it enjoyable to that extent but i can't comment on the you know the sort of how relatable it is to the old games but well, someone a friend of mine was talking about it last week that is familiar with the original games and he said that he thought the proper spiritual successor to the Thief games is probably Dishonored. Yeah, um, I did I raise this issue in the review. You know, Dishonored came out a couple of years ago and this was meant to release a couple of years ago before it got delayed. And you can't help but feel that this is going to live in the shadow of Dishonored, which came out sooner and in a way kind of did things a bit better. But I think in Thief, I mean, I didn't particularly like Dishonored. Everyone raved on about it, but I was I kind of left feeling a bit cold after playing it. And to me, the stealth mechanics in this feel a lot better because in this game you are just a thief, but in Dishonored you're kind of an assassin as well. So because you get that option, the stealth isn't focused on as much, mm. whereas yeah. this game is just 100% stealth and nothing else. So to me, the the stealth mechanics in this are done a lot better. That's not to say Dishonored's not a good game to anybody else, but in my eyes, this is better from that half of the game, whereas Dishonored is better from, you know, the assassin sides of it and the weapons and the way you can take enemies down and what have you. So it's personal preference. It depends how you approach a game, you know, whether you like to be stealthy, you like to have a bit of both, you know, be a bit stealthy, be a bit rogue and kill a few people. It's entirely up to you. Go, but, go rogue. I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's I go mean, rogue. Yeah. Um, but if you do decide that you're going to, you know, take a few guards down on your way in Thief, you have to do it in a sneaky way. You can't just walk up to them and stab them. You have to sit in the shadows and take them down with an arrow and make sure nobody else sees you or finds the body. Otherwise, they will. The guards do hunt you down and won't stop trying to seek you out until they look in every corner and or unless they find you. So it does have a few tense moments. I mean, the atmosphere in the game is fantastic with the fog and the lighting. Um, it does look a, a pretty, a pretty game. Yeah, it I mean, nice. it's quite pretty. I mean, it's not you know, it's not going to be you know, it's not the best looking game. But the like the fog and the lighting and the shadows, um, especially if you have your TV set, you know, to to sort of correct brightness. I mean, some people will whack the brightness up, and it will. I always whack it up. Yeah, I don't like surprises. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, yeah, I usually do with that, but. <laughs> Did you do that one? without last? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course I, I no, did. No, I do that. As <laughs> soon as they say in the middle of the day so with the volume down. Well, as soon as they say so that such and such like a key or something is barely visible, you always say no. It's like, oh, no come I, on, mate. I, I want to see the key. Up. Yeah, <laughs> show me the key. 
Uh, any other stealth fans on the pod, or is it really a, a genre which um, you'll happily let pass you by? I like stealth, but I like being able to shoot people in the face if I get bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, that always has to be an option, otherwise you you won't you won't look at it. Um, not necessarily. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess I just like the choice. I mean, I I, I like the reward of playing a section stealthily, but. I don't like. I don't know. Stealth games find it hard to to be challenging without being annoying, um, and I don't like to be annoyed. I mean, what is a boss in a stealth game? Is it you got through the level without being detected, and it's a really sort of anticlimactic moment as you just walk away, and that's yeah. the end of the game? I, I, I don't know. So, as Thief was a reboot, um, we thought we'd take a look at reboots over recent years and. Maybe explore some uh, reboots that we'd like to see. I think a, a good angle is, uh, I mean, reboots are kind of, you know, we don't have backwards compatibility anymore. You know, everybody's always crying about backwards compatibility, or we want to play our old games, we want to play our old games. Whereas now, what they do is they just reboot it for you, or they just remake the same game again and make you buy it again. Do we really uh, want to play our old games? Yes. If it if it's significantly better, then yes. Like if there's a advantage then definitely not just a case of we've given it a lick of pain it looks a little bit better give us another 40 quid I've just bought probably Symphony of the Night for the the fourth time and bought it on popped it on the Vita simply because the you know the reboot Lords of Shadow Castlevania now is is unrecognisable from the one that I love which is 2D you know traditional Metroidvania style um, yeah. With the Symphony of the Night style RPG leanings, and so therefore, you know, that's the kind of thing that I I love putting on something like the Vita. So yeah, some old games I will go back to, um, but in general, I think the the thing is, so many of these modern reboots are falling towards the if in doubt, make it more cinematic kind of style, which is you know the great criticism of Lords of Shadow, which was it's 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 Castlevania crossed with God of War. But you've got God of War, so you know why do you have to go into that sphere? And and this is kind of what some people have, have criticised, you know, th- things like Thief for, which is you know why can't you follow the traditional, you know, formula, the traditional blueprint that other people already liked. Strider, if you go to Strider, Strider did it well. Yay! Let's talk about Strider. That, that's kind of Metroidvania style in places, isn't it? Yeah, it it really is. It's a mix between. I mean, I actually didn't play old Strider, but I've been reading a lot about it and watching some old videos because I am super into the new Strider that they've just made. Um, I think I hear it's a mix of the, like you say, the Metroidvania kind of exploration, backtracking, uh, 2D side scroller, and the old sort of hack and slash arcadey type Strider, um, and it's just it's just absolutely perfect. Um, when I when I first started it, I popped it on normal, but it was super easy, and I've popped it on hard, which kind of makes it play even more old schooly. Um, I'm dying every five seconds. It's a lot of old boss fights and memorizing patterns and that sort of stuff, trying to upgrade my character. And I don't know, I I really like a challenge in games. Um, so I guess that reboot for me, even though I didn't play the old games, it feels old in a sort of punishing way, um, which is always good for me because then I actually get a sense of accomplishment when I actually finish it i mean i'm i'm inching my way through that game checkpoint by checkpoint over the last two weeks and i couldn't be more happy with it what 
reboots would be like to see? Is there a series you'd like to see revived or, um, you know, remixed or even even if it was just a, an HD update? You know, what would you like to see? They're talking about Mass Effect, aren't they? Like one what? of the guys from one of the guys from Bioware. Somebody asked him, "Oh, is there any chance of getting Mass he Effect said, on the new consoles?" Looking at the profits that they were making on Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, man. Like a 60 FPS, 1080p fixed version of Mass Effect One that didn't tear every four seconds and didn't have 15 elevator rides that are 30 minutes apiece in it. <laughs> um, oh, they were awesome. I, I don't know, man. I might, I might enjoy that. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'd like to see the. Uh, do you remember the old Prince of Persia games on the PS2? Right. Well, the uh, the the way Sands way back. Time. Sands, Sands of Time. Sands of Time. Warrior Within. Uh, Two Thrones. God, I love what? those games. What happened to Prince of Persia? Did Assassin's Creed just? Eat well, its I can't lunch? remember there, there were a couple of games on the 360, but they went into the whole cell shaded thing, and then it just died a death, didn't it? No, that that was terrible. Yeah, you had Nolan North playing the uh, Prince of Persia, and instead of like this story of. Uh, the story of maturity and um, becoming who you're supposed to be. It was the story of Nolan North cracking jokes. So it wasn't <laughs> you can play really a for that. Yeah, exactly. So what's the point? And it probably was... play about 15 games for that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So that were a bit rubbish. And then the film came out, and they attempted to sort of make like the Sands of Time again, and that was a bit rubbish too. Because I think you could only you could only attack one enemy at once. So you had about four people surrounding you, but only one of them got involved at a time. So that was terrible. But no, I'd love to see them back to how they were, the really showy combat, the backflips and running up walls and then doing backflips off these walls. And the combat in those games was just unbelievable. I could go back to it now and just spend hours on it. it I loved those games. And thinking about See, them... It intrigues me when someone says that, because I'm sure half of it is just the memory of it. And if you actually oh God, yeah, no, yeah, go yeah. back and play it, it wouldn't be anywhere near as good as your memory of it. But that's the thing. I love um, Final Fantasy X as well. And I can go back and play that now. I can go back and play that for hours. And quite coincidentally, actually, that's coming out as an HD remake in a, in a week or so. Yep. Maybe not 21st. that long. Yeah, so that's not far off. And I probably will be getting that, to be honest with you, just for that nostalgia trip <laughs> I will not be happy until there is a remake or a HD remake of Time Splitters Time Splitters 2 and Time Splitters Future Perfect were the perfect games on PS2 I played those games for hours and there is an actual ongoing development of these on I think it's through Steam Greenlight people actually working to make this become a reality the uh, the time splitters games in HD it's it's been announced a couple of times and then not seem to go anywhere yeah i think it it's just a, like a small few people i think the, i think the main issue was because um I kept the, what was the name of crytek before free radical free radical the getting the rights from them because i think they were kind of lost or the it was hard to come by in the transition between the two so it's it's been a bit of a slow, methodical process, but as long as it's done right, and hopefully in the end it'll come to other formats other than PC, even if it comes to the PS3, not even necessarily the PS4, I'd be happy to play Time Splitters over and over again, because some of those arcade challenges in there would, were better than the, the campaign, but even so, the characters and the campaign missions in there, I, I loved that game, it was, it was brilliant. You know, Time Splitters 2 was the first place I ever played... Um, like a one-on-one first-person shooter deathmatch. My brother and I, we we both had PS2s, and the way that you launched 
the uh, the multiplayer is you had to link them with a firewire cable. So we he'd have one in his bedroom. This is in our first flat together. He'd have one in his bedroom. We had like a, a four meter long firewire cable. We'd link the two up. So he'd be playing on his TV and I'd be playing on mine. And it was basically Call of Duty, but 15 odd years ago. And it was fantastic. It blew my mind. I loved it. And we'd spend hours just sticking remote mines everywhere, just waiting for the other one to walk down the wrong corridor and then boom. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. That was one of the first games that supported online play for the PS2. It was it was brilliant. Yeah. And even even with just yeah. the bots, well, I'd, I'd kickstart it. Anyone, anyone else left, Mark? You, you, you've already you said what you've got already, but anything you'd like to bring back uh, from the dead? Yeah, beyond 2D Castlevania, obviously... Um, Shenmue, I'd like to see. You know, I'd I'd happily play an HD version of one and two of that. Um, it's probably quite not, likely that that will come around sometime. Some more forklift driving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic, uh, but the one that I would absolutely kill for was uh, it was games on the original Xbox. They were never made backwards compatible. I don't think with the 360 called Atogi Myth of Demons. Mm. It was kind of hack and slash. It was very kind of dreamy great graphics for the time and they just seem to die away and you know kind of it's the the only couple of games that i've actually thought about right i'm going to go out and buy an old console for beyond when i did so with uh symphony of the night um i'm just scrolling back through my games um i mean they're already doing mirror's edge which is a bit weird because that's quite soon um so we seem to be rebooting things from not too long ago but um, I think Unreal Tournament, even though they tried, but that was weird because it was all third person y and stuff because you could jump on waveboards and stuff. But I would love to see a proper new Unreal Tournament that was actually good. That would be spectacular. I want to see Bully, and I'm sure that was getting a sequel, but it's all oh, you'd love I love that, that game. game. I, really did, I really enjoyed that game. I, really I thought it was good as well. Yeah, I loved that game. I tried, right? They released it, it was on. Xbox, the Xbox doing loads of sales. Bully was like two quid or something. So I got it largely on your recommendation because you go on about it all the time, and it was all right. Do you know? Do you know what it is about it? I mean, the gameplay is, you know, it's quite simplistic. It's open world. You know, Rockstar open world. It's always going to be fairly, fairly decent. It does what it does. Mm. But it was just the combination of the music and as you progress through the game, you the seasons change. You know, depending on what term you're in and stuff, and it, I, I just thought the atmosphere was 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 really great. They really bike riding. That. They nailed bike riding in that game. <laughs> bike riding was great fun. Uh, bunking school was great fun. Yeah, finding all the rubber bands. I think it's harder because I mean, it's like anything. Nostalgia is just if you were there at the time, then it was just so much easier to get into and to enjoy because there wasn't anything better. But going back now, like I like I said, I picked it up on the sale so I mean what five years after the fact seven when did that come out ages and ages ago ages ago yeah so I'm looking at it it doesn't look particularly pretty which I'm not holding against it because what did I expect but those gameplay elements which might have been enjoyable five years ago have been played on so much that now when I see it all I see are the other games that I've played which have possibly done it better at this point so it's harder for me to appreciate those things that you enjoyed about it the first time around do you, do you think that's why maybe we haven't seen it sooner by now? It's just kind of it doesn't really have a place in the in the biz anymore. 
Uh, what, bully specifically or...? Um, uh, well, okay, yeah, let's say bully specifically, but when you've got a game like GTA already doing what it does so well and then other games sort of filling in the gaps, it, it doesn't really make sense, does it, to, Yeah, to I, I guess it not. There? It depends on the demand for it. I mean, you could say that about any reboot, really. Was there really a need for Lara Croft when we had Uncharted? You know, I mean, it's just what can you do with it and how can you differentiate it? Um, I'm sure if, I mean, you're quite excited about Bully, and if they made a Bully in the GTA 5 engine, I'm sure people would go nuts for it, but mm. there's obviously a reason why they haven't. Yeah, very true. Well, if you're listening, Rockstar, do the right thing. <laughs> so, fellas, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Um, just to remind you, there is the weekly podcast every week comes out on a Wednesday uh, with Mark uh, Hodgkinson and Steve Withers and Phil um, catch up on all your home cinema news and gossip biscuit choices uh, biscuit choices yeah I haven't caught that episode I did see the hobnob banner thing ongoing debate yeah I do like a hobnob um, guys thanks so much for your time um, listeners if you enjoyed the podcast please swing by iTunes and give us 12 thumbs up, whatever it is they do these days. Uh, I've, of course, been Steve Hill. Uh, massive thanks to Mark. Cheers, Steve. Fist bump to my main man, Leon. See you on Titanfall. High five to Niall. Yeah, mate, high five back to you. <laughs> big thanks to Steve. <laughs> Cheers. And we'll catch you all next month. Mr. Ranson is an unlockable character.